live from the historic River Market District in Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River. It's two douchebags and microphone podcast. Ready to invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Christopher, you were uh, wanting to talk about... Oh, real quick. Yes. Two douchebags and a microphone. Podcast. Yes. Mark here. And I'm Christopher. We are... Two douchebags and a microphone. Yep. So, we're going to get right on it today. How's that? I think that's a great plan. Okay. All right. You were going to make a point about the Eagles and their bullshit uh, (laughs) pricing. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, I'm... I was at band practice yesterday, and we were talking about seeing bands, and, and one of the guys was saying, you know, I, I'm really interested in this Eagles thing that's going on, but not $600 interested. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then my wife mentioned, you know, that in her entire life, she's always wanted to go see the Eagles, but it's always been way too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they've consistently been priced much higher. And... uh now there's a concern that Ticketmaster and their flex pricing is going to get a hold of it. And flex pricing basically is, as demand for the tickets increases, the price goes up. So they're not content anymore with just selling out. They want to get every dollar they possibly can while they sell out. The problem is is the Eagles clientele. The yeah. Eagles clientele, they can afford it. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. That we're priced out because of that, and yeah, it'd be great to see them live. But yeah, every lawyer you know yeah. loves the Eagles. Every <laughs> yeah. doctor you know yeah. loves the Eagles. Every business owner you know, hedge fund managers. I don't know whoever makes you know crap tons of money. Yeah, <laughs> they all love the Eagles. Yeah, in like ACDC, where that like takes nine nine out of ten of them out there. Like, yeah, really. Yeah, or uh, and for a while, Chris Isaac was that way. He was pricing himself way out of everybody's price range, but I think he figured it out. I think out of necessity, he he realized that uh, that hey, you know what? Nah, this this uh, this is not a good business protocol for you. Plus, Chris Isaac tours a lot more than the Eagles do at this point. So, well, I miss the good old days when they did not have to rely on uh, on tours. Yeah, now they have to because. If you make music, it doesn't sell. No. They don't make the money. They don't have the uh, 30 million selling albums anymore. Yeah. And and then they tour to make the albums sell better. You know, I remember like, uh, oh, during the heydays in the 80s, Bon Jovi come by three times in a year on the same album. And that's because they would yeah. release one hit and then it would do really well. And then uh, they'd release another hit, and it would start to fade. And they're like, okay, hey, put them on tour again. I remember Van Halen touring twice on the same album. Yeah. And that was to get the other songs to sell and people to buy the albums, and it worked. Now it is the opposite. Now it's like they have to tour to make money, so you can get all the papering you used to do. Yeah. used to be like, yeah, um, hey, uh, we're giving away tickets, you know. 101 The Fox or whoever's giving away tickets, The Rock or somebody. And, and, um, or um, you get them a block of them, you know, five for $50 or something. None of that goes on anymore because they need to make as much money as they can off of this. 
And it's not like the Eagles have some big elaborate stage show, you know, you know like a troop of dancers and tons of lights or anything. No, they're it, doing it, it just be. because they can. Yeah. It's whatever the market will bear. Yeah. I mean, I suppose <laughs> I would pay that much for maybe if the Beatles weren't all dead. Well, you know, a lot of them weren't dead. Half of them weren't dead. Yeah. And they were to get back together. I would probably pay that much to see them just to say, I saw them. Yeah. Um, Elvis... For- for yeah. the prices they want, I'm I'm happy to go see the tribute band for a, <laughs> you know for a tenth of the price. You yeah. Know? yeah, seriously, for sixty bucks, I could go see an Eagles tribute band and buy the you know bar food and some merchandise and and you know we could have a really good time. But yeah. for ten times that, I could maybe see the Eagles. Eh, no well, thanks. I I know this. There's a lot of cover bands out there or tribute bands that sound just as good as the other bands do nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot more responsive about doing the songs you want to hear as opposed to a lot of these older bands are like, you know, we're sick of that song, we ain't playing it no more. Yeah, and, and that always pissed me off. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I, I don't, it, it's like uh, no regard for the fan. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, this used to piss me off, by the way, though, when I was younger and um, I didn't want to hear the hits. I wanted to hear the songs that I really loved on the second side and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I the would deep go, tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go see Ozzy in every fucking time, you know, last four songs like um uh, Paranoid, Iron Man, um uh let's see Crazy uh, Crazy Train. Crazy Train. Yeah. Yeah, it's just and, oh okay. and it's like mix it up. Mm-hmm. Throw something else in there, but then I realized You'd say this to other people, they look at you like you're insane. It's like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what, what song what is that? Want. What song are you talking mm-hmm. about? And, and I realize, you know, you're like this too because you are a true music fan. Yeah. You yeah. go see Alice Cooper, you don't want to see Schools Out as the last song, do you? I'm, yeah, I'm kind of kind of over that. Yeah, uh, it's me neither. I'd rather go see... 19, yeah. Since 1972, he's been pretty much using that as his last song. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's because it works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, all of a sudden the beach balls come out, and he's got his... Uh, He's got his cane, and he starts poking uh-huh. at people. Yeah, introduces each member, and they do a little solo, and yeah, yeah it just goes on and on, so. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's fun when the band cranks out some song that's, like, you know, buried on the second side with their third album, and you're, like, one of ten people in the whole audience that recognizes yeah. the song, and you're going, yeah! I, I think it... <laughs> I think it's Motley Crue that did that one time on a tour. Mm-hmm. They threw in like, um, let's see, I think it was uh, um, Theater of Pain was like really, except it had a couple of hits. That was like the third album, wasn't it? Yeah, it was their third album. Yeah. The first one was Too Fast for Love. Second one was Shout, Shout at, at the, the Devil. Devil. Yeah. Everybody knew the songs on there. Well, everybody knew songs on Theater of Pain, but they only knew two. It was the cover song of Smoking in the Boy Re- Boys Room by Brownsville yeah. Station. Then the second one was Home Sweet Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they had songs like uh, Save Our Soul, Fight for Your Rights, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they played, um, let's see, something about, uh, let's see, something about rock or Let's All Rock or For the Right to Rock or something like that. And they played it in concert. And they said, like, you know, they're like, everybody went to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think I don't it was know Nikki Six that said that. He goes, man, everybody went to the shitter. 
And it, it is like the place was a ghost town. It's sure, sure enough, since we play one of the songs everybody knows, all of a sudden they all came back. Yeah. All of a sudden they went into Dr. Feelgood and like all these fuckers are back in their seats. So, <laughs> so it sucks, you know, it sucks for people like us that, you know, that like want to hear something else. And then yeah. also, it's also hard on the band too because a lot of them forgot the songs. Yeah, you know? yeah. And they they have to have the lighting set for all these different songs. It's it's not like they can afford to just throw one in every third uh, show or something. It's the show has to be pretty much the same every night. Yeah. If there's complex lighting, choreography, that kind of thing. Um. So it's either in in the set list for the tour or it's not most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally, it's like okay, we have a little section in the middle where we all sit down and we play whatever we feel. You know, you see them do the little, the semi unplugged in the middle of the concert where they all get together in the middle of the stage and sit there and do that. That's kind of the area where it's like, okay, let's pull out some old stuff. Let's do some covers. If somebody shouts a request, maybe we'll do that. But, you know, that's the unscripted part of the show. Yeah. But not every act can pull that off in the middle of a show. You don't want to see every act doing that. I, you know, I would love to see... It'll never happen because just because of the dynamic and the way it is. But I'd love to see, like, just a... Hang on. Stop the concert. <laughs> We're going to have three songs here. And y'all yell, which one you want to hear? Uh-huh. It's a good multiple choice. Yep. That would be kind of neat, but it'll never happen. Yeah. Because, like I said, you know, um, let's say it was Van Halen. They'd come out and go, well, let's see, uh, um, talk about love. Um, let's see. Um, Jamie's crying. Jamie's crying. You know, it, it would not be the song, like, like even Top Jimmy or something like that, which was it somewhat of a radio hit. Yeah. No one, no one would yell for that one. They would yeah. just be like, nah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> atomic it, punk. Atomic punk, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was. Yeah. But, or so, some of my favorite ones, like, some, man, some of that guitar. Yeah. Uh, especially on the first three or four albums. Yeah. Gosh, like a shit on Mean Street. Yeah, yeah. Mean Streets was good. Oh, my God. Fair warning. Just really did not get the pub that it deserved. I don't feel. I mean that thing. That yeah. was uh, Diver Down was another just fucking blistering album. So yeah, Diver Down got got um, criticized a bit for having more than one cover song on it. Yeah, but you know, can you really call them covers? I mean, I know, I know they really kind of made it their own in in a lot of those cases. So. Is is that the one with Intruder right on it? Is um, it... and they had Dancing in the Streets. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, I think it was Pretty Woman, Dancing in the Streets. And there and might I have been another, one other. one other cover, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is I dare anyone to hear Intruder. And, yeah, the, uh, you know, the actual song that they covered did sound somewhat like it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the songs put together, I... They're just, they're not the same songs. Yeah. They're not even close. 
So, yeah, yeah, but, it's a whole other interpretation. It's not like you know a band covering it and trying to sound like the record. It's you know here's a song we like and here's here's how it's done Van Halen style. Yeah, yeah, this is like so, Eddie Van that's Halen. Awesome. I like. like I don't know, being blasted off of his mind in coke or something, <laughs> yeah. and just being like, oh my god, you know, this uh, pretty woman's a pretty cool song, but man, what if I, what if I put this in front of it? Mm-hmm. You no, know, and then then he gets a little bit further. You know, it's like, what do I call this? I'm going to call it Intruder mm-hmm. because it, if you hear the title and then you listen to it, you definitely hear what he's saying. Yeah, that's it, an intrusive song. It's very intrusive. <laughs> that's a song that goes in your ear hole. Yeah, kind of like this podcast. Yeah. yeah, dragging the podcast with it. Yes, like a fistful of barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> Just as gentle too. Yes. <laughs> so, I would, um, yeah, I would agree. But um, okay, we were talking about the Eagles, right? Yeah. Now, uh, to me, that the Eagles are blatantly ripping people off, and they don't give a shit if the Joe fan goes. They don't yeah, want they you really there. Don't. They don't. They don't no. want you there. Yeah. I, I hate the money grab aspect of them. Um, it's uh, it's disheartening to you know they they don't have to do that. And you know, it, it's music went through a period where it was all blatant commercialism, and then it seemed like it went out of that, and it was more about the music and appreciating your fans. But some acts, it's still all about top dollar. And they well, they kind of yeah. get the attitude of well, this is our band, so therefore we're going to give you the best. We expect to be paid accordingly. I, I think it is a pride thing. A lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, but uh, seriously, you're, you all y'all are starting to get really really old and going to die, and and you don't care that there's a bunch of us that will never be able to see you. That's what I'm talking about. Disheartening. Yeah. Is it's just like, yeah, we may never tour again after this. You know, we know this, mm-hmm. and we don't care. No. Even the Rolling Stones aren't that bad. <clears throat> and, yeah. And, um, you know, Paul McCartney isn't that bad. when he, I don't think he does it anymore, but when he would do a show here or there or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, Billy Joel's pretty bad, but not that bad. What's wrong with a band like scaling down their stage show and going on a tour of smaller venues like yeah. you know anywhere from 2500 to 7500 seats well, and the, you know just to me staying the, in the cheaper hotels and you're not trying to make a million bucks but just go out there and play for people for 10 bucks each. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it at all. All all you're seeing is green mm-hmm. is what this is. Yeah. Um they they could do it completely differently. And another thing about the Eagles is it's not stage show. I mean, this is a Hotel California tour mm. where they play Hotel California all the way through. Oh, start to finish, yeah. Yeah. And, and the they just stand is, there. And they all- Meanwhile, when you guys were doing something productive, these two were just yammering on and on. All just basically stand there. Yeah. There's no choreography. There's, no. you know, the lights change occasionally, but... I mean, you go to like an Aussie show or, or a Wasp show or or even like Chris Isaac, you know, and he moves around in, you know, different places of the stage and sometimes there's props. And it's like with the Eagles, it's 
you just they just kind of stand there and sing and that's that's great but where where are we spent what are we spending the money on if it's not a big stage show and elaborate production it's just all going to these guys yeah exactly yeah. and that's that's what i have a problem with is right there is is uh now you know you now you talk about the that album itself it's written masterfully it's what i mean the music is just insane it's so uh um so sound it's it, yeah it's it's and, and it works so well as an album it's it's one of those in a small list relatively small list of albums that is just perfect for the time and perfect in and of itself there's a fleetwood mac album like that there's an elton john album like yeah. that yes um ozzy's um in uh, black sabbath paranoid was just perfect for that time oh yeah and it's like there have been albums like that it's like every track is awesome everything works at the time it came out it just blew up and and it's uh it's it's a, usually a once in a career kind of thing paranoid. and hotel california just took over the world when it came out it was and then the longevity too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still to this day, I mean, it's still Reverend is one of the best albums ever. Yeah, um, yeah. And musically, it's a musician's musician. Yeah. I mean, the it's an album that every musician respects, whether they like the music or not. They're like, oh my god, yeah, that writing on there well, and the instruments. Yeah. And it's a rarity when it's it's full of songs that everybody can sing along and recognize the melodies and everything but if you're a musician and you try to play it the way they played it you realize wow this is complex yeah and this was written with some serious thought yes but it doesn't it doesn't exude that from every note like it doesn't make it unapproachable for your average fan yeah. you know you can still hear the song and sing it but then when you dive in it's like damn this is well constructed and who is it that sings the song Hilta Hotel California? Is that uh, is that a uh, um, Don Henley? Yeah, yeah, drummer. He sings a lot. Of That's their, what I thought. Yeah, a lot of their hits. His uh, his voice, in particular, on that, is, I think he meant it, to sound like this, but it sounds very concerning, the way he sings it. Mm -hmm. It's masterful because he's in Hotel California. Which is probably talking about the first church of Satan. Yeah, that's part of the reference. Um, and it, it could be anything where you're trapped in something you thought was going to be great, but it really isn't. Yeah, it could be a metaphor. Yeah. We don't know. But it is meant to be sang like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and just the way that he emphasizes certain words and the stress that he puts on his voice when he sings it. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Another guy that did that was Michael Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson had just a perfect amount of stress and concern whenever he needed to. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of being a lead singer could could well be voice actor. Yes. You know, you're selling the so. song and the idea and the passion of the song with your voice and yeah, there are a lot of musicians that that hit the notes well, but they don't convince you what they're saying. No, Michael or Jackson you was can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Especially with women. Let me put these two into, uh, throw this out here and see what you think. Billy Jean and Dirty Diana. Listen to his voice on both of those songs. Mm -hmm. He sings that so convincingly. 
you know, that it's like, wow, you can almost see the woman he's talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, uh, his stress on his voice sounds like he is really stressing about that woman. Yeah, yeah. Someone else that had has such a believable voice when he sings is Stevie Wonder. Oh God, yeah, you're not kidding. Yeah, have you heard? I got to go on a little bit different. That's what this podcast does. We go on tangents. Yes, we do. <laughs> Stevie Wonder supposedly, according to several stars, and we can look this up right now if we want, uh-huh. can see. Yeah, I've, I was going to bring that up. If you didn't, is that? Uh... There's there's a lot of a lot of people say it's bullshit. Yeah. You can see. Uh-huh. I want to know. <laughs> I mean, if he is, I want to hail him as one of the greatest pranksters ever. Yeah. Like, dude, it's awesome. Well, the the story is that he needed a gimmick when he was starting out. Yes. And it wasn't uncommon for a musician to be blind. You know, there's, you know, in all the, the blues musicians, you know, blind so-and-so and blind so-and-so. It's, you know, the Blind Boys of Alabama was a group that recorded. Yeah. Uh, yeah blind Lemon Jefferson, it, you know, there's yeah. this, like, so, so he thought, well, that'll be my hook. You know, he was little Stevie Wonder and he was blind. And it stuck and it caught on and he was, he was pretty much roped into it and you know he was past the point where he could say oh well you know that was just a gimmick because yes. no one would forgive him so he's kind of been stuck all of his life acting acting blind you know this is the story yeah. that 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 uh, um, these people tell and it's a lot of people that are and have been close to Stevie saying yeah brother can see yeah, yeah. And like one of them, it was an actual, uh, I God, I'd have to look this story up, but, but he accidentally let loose with it accidentally on a radio show. He said, yeah, and Stevie was driving. Everyone said, what? <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, what did I say? And they said, no, 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 you said Stevie was driving. <laughs> oh, I uh, guess I uh, did. <laughs> uh, didn't I? Uh, yeah. I was kidding. Yeah, yeah. By that time, his foot was already in his mouth. and Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but uh, I, I want to know, because I want to say that's the greatest prank ever. Oh, uh, no kidding. Uh. Even the way he does it with his face in the air and mm-hmm. his, I mean he's I, got it perfected I think people would forgive him and it would no be no big deal if he came out and said you know what this is a, this was a gimmick that got out of hand it wasn't and, like he was asking for handouts the no. guy's really talented yeah, I mean you know. he's probably advocated for he would have been the just as big. impaired community yeah. really so yeah I don't think he's it did not help his music career at all not because really, the guy no. was uber talented and it didn't matter whether he could see or not. Yeah. So he didn't do it being somewhat talented and got the rest of the way because people yeah. felt bad for him or whatever. Yeah. No, he's very talented. Yeah. Very I, good, you know. So I wouldn't put this anywhere near the category of stealing someone's identity or stealing somebody's songs or anything like that. And it's, it, it's, yeah. You know, it's once you start hearing how he writes and how he performs and plays, it's like, oh yeah, this guy's real deal. Hey there, boys and girls, this is Mark, and this is Mark's Thought of the Day. 
I just found, found out, out my phone really is smart. As a matter of fact, my phone is a genius. I got, I got to go into, I was running out of space, and I got to go into my phone, and it had to empty all the trash. So I looked in my trash, and in my trash, my phone automatically took all of Mayor Quentin Lucas's tweets and threw them straight in the trash without me looking at them. That is a brilliant fucking phone. My phone is a fucking genius. That's it, Mark's Corner. So, and um, the whole Stevie Wonder thing is pretty interesting, and I i mean, I don't know why people would lie about it, so I think it probably is true, yeah. but I think that most people don't want to call him out at this point, you know, they're just like, whatever, you know? Yeah, I, it, as you are saying, that if the interest level was high enough, people would dig and want to know, but it's mostly people like... Uh, it might be interesting to know, but really don't care. They don't care. It's like yeah. the music's the same, whatever. It's like any yeah. more people's uh, uh, sexual orientation. Yeah, yeah, That used exactly. to be a big deal. You know, at first it was, you know, everyone just figured everyone else was straight. Because that's, you know, anyone, anyone thought that about. That was as far as everybody knew yeah. the normal. Yeah. And then it was, you know, ooh, you know, people, are you possible? Are you? Are you? And it's, but anymore it's like, don't care. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, if someone volunteers it, you're like, okay, fine, all right, great. Yeah, Yeah. it's like telling me which shoe you put on first in the morning. It's like, really, don't care at all. It has no bearing on my life in the least little bit. And I think part of it was the fact that they had to hide it before. Right, right. It was kind of like I certainly respect people's ability and, and, and... right and pride to say you know this is who i am and well this is like how the I rock cuts in surprise yeah even though it had been rumored for a long time people were like oh yeah, yeah you know no he's not what he seems but you still when you find it out it's like what you know yeah well hell people used to be in denial about liberace oh geez. <laughs> I mean, the only I mean, reason Liberace didn't just come out and say it is because there's a lot of women yeah. that were in love with him that would not have it. Yeah. You know. But there were a lot of women that would have been just fine, you know, have a gay best friend and like, be like Liberace. That's all right. so. you know, I'm not trying to screw him. I just want to hang out with him. Yeah. He's uber talented, but, you know. For those of you who are, you know, not in your 50s or older, Liberace is uh, L-I-B-E-R-A-C-E, piano player. Yeah, and look him up. Yeah. Very flamboyant. Yeah, and at the time it was very funny, actually. Yeah, it was I kind mean, of nod, nod, wink, wink. But to seriously think he was gay was, you know, something you just wouldn't even say out loud at the time. No, because it was so taboo. Still. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, like Charles and Nelson Riley was another one. Paul Lind is another. Paul Lind was yeah. another one. So it was like everyone kind of knew. Jonathan Harris. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that his name? Of, uh, yeah, Dr. Smith, Smith from Lost yeah. in Space. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone kind of knew, but it, at the same time, if they came out explicitly and said, it would probably ruin their career. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just like, like people weren't ready for it in the yeah, 60s yeah, and the 70s like quite back yet. Back then, it's like, yeah, he can be like that, but, you know, um, we don't know for sure, so it's okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of the don't ask, don't tell time. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And then when the army started doing that, it was like, oh yeah, you're yearning for your 
the good old days when <laughs> you could pretend that everyone was hetero and nothing else existed. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think another thing it's telling is, is uh, like football players, they mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, every team has at least two or three gay people. Mm. You never hear about it. No. But they all know it and they all coexist and they all don't, you know, they don't care. They're all in the same locker room and they're like, yeah. I'm not worried about so-and-so. He's not over here checking my ass out or nothing. Yeah, it's like, really? you know, we're all here. We're all professionals. For all you know, he doesn't find you attractive. So, yeah, you know, yep. don't, don't get all well, full I mean, of yourself that used every gay man is going to you know, immediately desire you. <laughs> the biggest greaseballs around would be the most offended that someone might be gay and looking at him. Yeah. I remember thinking, that guy would have nothing to do with you. No kidding. That guy has taste. You're a fucking greaseball. You're so below his league. Yeah, it's like. Dude, uh, he would vomit thinking about being yeah. you and bad. Yeah, yeah. There was a Raiders player last year, I think, who was drafted openly gay, and I don't think he made the team. Maybe a linebacker who was is what I'm thinking. But yeah, uh, who was it? He's a guy from Missouri, wasn't he? I really have no idea. Yeah, he was from MU, from Mizzou. Uh, Fuck, what's his name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow, yeah. And there've been players that after they retire, they come out. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, I don't. I think in the case of this this Raiders player, it was it was probably no big deal at all that he was gay and open about it. It was I just he wasn't quite. I forgot why it even came a, out. There was some reason, and I forgot why. It was kind of like a. Uh, why he it, was out. Yeah, why he came out. I think uh, he wanted to start his life in the NFL open and, and just, you know. Yeah, but he got plus, criticized. He wanted People to be said the that first openly gay. Yeah. They yeah. said he wasn't talented enough, so he had to do that to uh, get drafted. Yeah, yeah, that's that was a criticism I heard. And Which I have the Raiders, no idea. I mean, you well, know, the Raiders I mean, eventually cut him at the end of training camp. Yeah. Well, I and, guess maybe he wasn't good enough. Then. Yeah. I don't know. Because so. the Raiders never shied away at being the first in a lot of things. They were the first well, to hire a black coach, a head coach. Well, Al Davis, um, as much as you hate him, he was really kind of a catalyst on a lot of that stuff. Like, like stated, stated before, if you believe anything we say or think of this podcast anything other than hyperbole, parody, and just plain stupidness, you're, You're dumber, dumber than, than us, us. and, and that's, that's hard to beat. Marcus Allen had the feuds and all that, mm. but then again, he loved Bo Jackson. I mean, I don't know. Um, Al Davis was kind of an odd character. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I heard that uh, from Marcus Allen in one of his interviews. Of course, everyone tells stories in My, interviews that aren't necessarily true. I know people knew Marcus <laughs> Allen really well, and he was not a very nice guy. He, yeah. As a matter of fact, I heard cocksucker, fucking asshole, a couple of times uh, from people that don't cuss. Yeah, I they, I always uh, got the impression that Marcus Allen was what you saw was just a public persona and wasn't it the was real him. Because in the I least. can't, I'm not going to go into this person that I know, but they do, um, they do stuff for famous people. Mm. We'll just put it like that. Okay. They do services for famous people. It's not underhanded. It's it's a real service and. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, they cannot stand him. Mm. 
And they're not the only one that I heard say that. They yeah. said that he is just really crass and thinks he's better. Lovely. It, yeah, so anyhow. Well, I mean, he, he said that from his perspective, the allegedly, feud with... Allegedly. I love yeah, that word. Allegedly. His feud with Val Davis started when uh, Marcus got an agent for the first time to negotiate a contract. Oh, I read that, yeah. And he said that was when Marcus... Um, that was when Al Davis turned his back on him and said, you know, you're dead to me kind of thing. So, But really, just one one thing like that, when other players were doing it and he wasn't doing that to other players, there's more to it than that. No, it had been speculated that Marcus Allen was dating Nicole Brown Simpson. Mm-hmm. And that started the big feud. Between now, I don't know if this is true or not. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading it—the big feud between him and Al Davis. Huh. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. But I know that OJ said that even. Yeah. And then Marcus Allen got mad at him. Don't throw me under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've I've heard it's weird. I've heard stories about Al Davis. Um, back in the seventies, uh, after a Chiefs game hitting the bars and getting drunk and cussing up a storm and causing a problem. I can see that. But then I hear later that Al Davis never drank. So I'm starting to think, okay, maybe somebody who looked like Al Davis or somebody who just hated Al Davis started those stories. Probably someone that hated him. Yeah. But uh, I've also I started hearing that Al Davis was what most people would consider kind of prudish at the time. Hmm. Um, so the idea that, that Marcus Allen was messing around with somebody's wife or ex-wife would have really bothered Al Davis. Maybe that is true then. Yeah. Maybe that is true. Yeah, but he... I remember, what did I see that on? And I remember taking note and go, you know, I kind of think I kind of might believe this. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the fact that, uh, that he knew OJ really well or something like that. Is the fact that he thought it was really dirty to be someone's best friend mm-hmm. and start sleeping with their soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, you could look at that and say, well, that tells me something about you that you would do that, and yeah, you're not and the, you don't have this, the character I thought you did. Mm-hmm. So, and I then see that. I also read this too that also Al Davis's thought was, if I'm going to pay <laughs> a lot of money for somebody, uh-huh. and I think that you know that I'm going to pay that much money for him. I'm going to go get Bo Jackson. Yeah. Bo Jackson was the most superior athlete anywhere back then. I mean, he was uh, like a a huge fucking muscle. Even, I mean, like Bruce Jenner on fucking steroids at the time, you know. And, I mean, he's like, well, if I'm going to pay this much money, I'm just going to go get this guy. Yeah. And this other guy that wants all this money, I'm just going to hang him out there in the wind. Yeah. So... Yeah, he he was he'd always been a a big, uh, well muscled guy. He uh, I read Bo Jackson's autobiography, and he said the the nickname Bo came from. Um, it was short for boar hog. Didn't um, know that. Yeah, so if somebody was big and strong like a boar hog, and then boar hog sometimes gets shortened to bow hunk. Bo hunk, yeah. um, but then they just started calling him Bo, hmm. and so Bo is short for boar hog, which is the big, tough, strong animal. 
So that's that's where the game uh, started. What was the old uh, term, Bochamp? Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, that's there's a French name, Bochamp. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's like a name, which is like beautiful Victor or or, something like that. It's. But I thought the name Bochamp. And there's Bo Brummel. Bo Brummel. Yeah, which was refers to somebody who is well dressed and stylish. Yeah. Um, but now that that phrase itself is out of style. <laughs> you don't ever hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the phrase well, itself is no longer stylish. <laughs> I actually want to look up some of these terms and just start using them in real life, just to yeah, screw with people. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I still like it whenever I go Samhain. <laughs> Certain people are like what? <laughs> or Jude S. Priest. <laughs> Judas Priest used to be like, fuck it. Or yeah. something like, yeah, you know, Judas Priest. It's mean like, screw everything, man. Screw it's, it. I'm yeah. done with it. That was that was the way to say Jesus Christ without taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. You'd say yes. Judas Priest, because it sounded like it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be over an evil character, too. You know, yeah. Judas who turned his back. Yeah. Yeah, so it was yeah. a way to almost it, take the Lord's name It also illustrates <laughs> the absurd of Judas being a priest. Yeah, yeah. I think it was multifaceted. It was like, yeah, yeah this guy turned his back on Christ, but <laughs> he was a priest, so was he going to say yeah. Judas Priest. I never Great understood. band, too. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I never understood why Christians get mad at Judas because he was only doing exactly you know, what God intended exa- him to yes. do. Yeah. But, well, you know, people refer refer to Judas as a backstabber or a uh, you know uh, a, a, a turncoat or something, you know a traitor a traitor yeah yeah yeah. But no, he was God intended him for him to turn Jesus in. Yeah. And for Jesus to die on the cross. Yes. That was the that was the intent. Well, I think this is a commoner's way of putting stuff into perspective. I'm not saying that we're at, we're definitely we're definitely commoners. We're yeah, de- yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we're you know what I mean? Proud commoner here. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're definitely nothing intellectually great about us. Um but I have I no think, degrees, none at all. Yeah, me neither. Nope. Um uh, I, you know, doing stupid shit and drinking, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, if there's a degree for that, I'm yeah. sure I got one. <laughs> but um, the deal is, is uh, it's commoner's way of putting things in perspective. And, I mean, they just reach for something. Well, uh, this guy's a, 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 he's a Judas. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Oh, so you're meaning he's fulfilling his destiny and doing exactly as he's they, supposed they, to. They don't look at okay, it. They great. look like, oh, he's yeah. a backstabber. <laughs> yeah. You ought to call him a quizzling. Now, that, that would... Quizzling, yeah. Yeah. Or Benedict Arnold. There's a, there's well, a historic better, term. Yeah, Benedict Arnold would be a better term because yeah. that supposedly is a guy that turned around and, you know... Yeah. But I have heard that term. You don't hear it as much as you used to. No, no. When I was grade school age, Benedict Arnold was more of a big deal. Yeah, um, and well, they taught it a lot more then. I don't know how much they teach of it now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Good Lord, all we learned about was you know history that white people made. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, I still want to know. This is the main thing I want to know at that period in time. Is this right here? Why the fucking wigs? Oh. Why the stupid white-haired fucking semi-long wigs? 
What I heard, and seems to be the most likely, is that syphilis was so prevalent, and one of the symptoms of syphilis was losing your hair. So the wigs became common, and in order for the people with syphilitic hair loss not to feel um, obvious, it kind of everybody adopted the look. It's like, oh, if oh. we all wear wigs, then nobody will be able to tell which of us one of us lost his hair. So to that syphilis. was the very first politically correct <laughs> deal. Huh? There you go. Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, you, you've heard of smallpox, of yeah. course. Did yeah. you ever wonder if there was a a big pox or a great pox? Well, there is a great pox. That's syphilis. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So as bad as smallpox is, people consider that small compared to syphilis. Mm. Syphilis is the great pox. Wow. Didn't yeah. know that. Mm. <laughs> you were you wonder ever wondered about the uh, the little lap dogs that people would always care, hold in their laps in those pictures in the museums? Uh huh. Those were there to attract the fleas that people generally would get from their bedding. The, they'd hold a little dog in their lap so the fleas would get on the dog instead of the person. Oh, those evil bastards. Yeah, yeah. Dogs over there scratching the fuck out of them uh -huh. and threw them outside out there. Get out of here. So they call them a lap dog because they'd hold them on their lap, but it was really being used as a flea magnet. <laughs> Poor dog. Poor thing. <laughs> and they they were bred to be small and docile and sit on your lap just so the fleas would get on them. Then you kick the dog off. Well, it's just like pugs, you know. <laughs> They're so warm and everything. They were bred to keep Chinese emperors warm. Oh, my god! They gosh. sat on their laps. Let's breed a life form to serve humans. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound so right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the government kind of tries that anyhow, don't yeah. they? <laughs> Hell, yeah. the Nazis tried it. They tried impregnating, you know, human females with wrong things. I'll just put it that way. We aren't going to go down this dark path. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure they weren't the first and they won't be the last in human history to have warped ideas like that. But, yeah, the idea of oh, some sort of hybrid like Superman Dr. has Mangala always been. Dr. Mangala and some yeah, stuff. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Death. Yeah, but what a creepy fucking yeah. that, that whole thing yeah, yeah. Mm. I was really surprised back in what was it the 80s when uh, Mangala was found to have survived and lived in somewhere in South America and they didn't find him alive he had already passed at that point I think mm -hmm. but it was like less than a decade or so after his death that they confirmed oh my gosh this is him you know he lived out the rest of his life as just another dude well, Hitler, they're pretty sure he went to the mountains of Austria and lived a lot longer life than what they thought. I've, I've seen a, a number of shows about, about that. Yeah, there there were a number of escape routes. Um, I've seen you know footage that someone took. They, they carried a camera down this long tunnel that went from basically the bunker to the airport. Mm -hmm. So And then there were, you know, a huge tunnel. You could drive a truck down this tunnel. Well, and, I even read where we made a deal with him, and I don't know if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. Said, you let Hitler go, we lost. You know, you go over there, you say you burn out the bunker, the body in there, well, I guess it's him. Yeah. I must be Ava Braun, look, chick right next to him. Okay, mm -hmm. that's it. I don't know if that's true or not, but if, yeah. <laughs> with the way things are and our government and how they act and do shit, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, yeah. For the, for the, for the longest time, 
It's like, we're, been, you guys uh, got us, okay? Yeah. So, Hitler's dead, all right? It looked the other way. Yeah. And I've also seen, there's, the show is called Hunting for Hitler or The Hunt for Hitler or something like that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, they found places in um, some South American countries along the Atlantic coast where there were fortified bunkers and support buildings built into the forest and the timeline of everything shows they were built prior to the end of the Nazi regime and they definitely had Nazi artifacts there so you know a group of Nazi loyalists was there preparing a place for Hitler to escape to or someone else high up in the regime that doesn't yeah that and, would, yeah that would not surprise me yeah. at all and obviously it worked successfully at least once for yeah, Mangala. for Mangala, yeah. So, it, no, it worked for a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we I've seen the pictures of a burned-out corpse that kind of looks like Hitler out there in the garden, you know, the bunker. But they're pretty sure now that was one of his lookalikes. Yeah. One of his body because, doubles. Because um, his, uh, his closest relatives, live. they live on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And they agreed to do a DNA. Of course, their name is not Hitler now. They yeah. changed their name. And they wanted to live, you know, and I don't blame them. They had nothing to do with it. You know, they want to live in peace and mm-hmm. anonymity. So they have a different name, but they're in Long Island. Yeah. And they agreed to do a DNA sample. And what they found in the burned out bunker was not Hitler. Yeah. So, and Ava Braun. So they both got away. Yeah. And, and then like in the... 70s maybe mm-hmm. or maybe it was after the fall of the the berlin wall and, and but but there was information um that the russians had found where hitler's body had been temporarily buried and that the russians had dug him up and they worshipped him no oh, and, no uh, sorry they were they were under under orders to transport him back to uh, uh stalin wherever he was, Stalingrad or Leningrad or whichever town he was in. Really? Um, he why wanted Stol- that. Stalin was a piece of shit, too. He wanted that he... corpse of Hitler so he could crow over it and brag and gloat, and, and he hated Hitler with a passion. So he's like, you found his body, bring yeah, it to Yeah, competition. Me. Yeah. So there was this big story about how this army unit <clears throat> was taking it back, and each night they'd have to rebury it, and then in the morning they'd dig it back up and you know take him along and then, uh... How horrible. Yeah. I would like to be that guy that had to handle the corpse. Yeah, really. You're on Hitler detail. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but then they, they showed footage of this, uh... It looks like about a third of a skull. You know, like the, you know, the round part that covers the brain. It's, it's like a, you know, about the size of a hand. Mm-hmm. But it's a chunk of skull. And, um... They took it out of this this safe and they were holding it holding it with gloved hands and stuff and you know, said this is the remaining piece that they brought to Stalin and and certified that this was Hitler's and he would take it out occasionally and look at it and play with it and then put it back in his safe. Wow! And then they did DNA testing on that skull and found that it was a woman's. Skull. <laughs> Absolutely no chance it was Hitler. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. 
And I'm sure they checked to see if it was Ava Braun, and it wasn't. Otherwise, they would have said so. Yeah. But they only found, you know, in the last dozen years or so that the, that it was a woman's chunk of the skull. So Stalin went to his death believing he had Hitler's skull. Didn't. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy's dead by now, so. Yeah. <laughs> How do we get there from Ticketmaster's Stevie uh, Wonder dynamic pricing? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhere we made all sorts of twists. I don't and know turns. how we did, but uh, yeah. So you can uh, see how things somewhere get in there connected. we went to Al Davis and NFL too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And Marcus Allen and oh my gosh. Anyway, but well, originally I was going to try to say about uh, the dynamic pricing of Ticketmaster is does it work the other direction? If oh yeah, we were, we were going to go into that. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the concert gets popular and your 200 seats go up to 300, 350. But say demand tapers off and it's like the day before the show and they still have a lot of balcony seats. Do they go down to like 5 bucks each, okay. 2 bucks each? I saw that work in our favor one time so far. Mm-hmm. And this is in recent memory, I'm sure it did before too, but I mean, they really do the dynamic flex pricing more than they ever have. So, this we really didn't have that much experience with it. But yeah. the uh, Def Leppard Motley Crue Poison concert. Oh. The closer it got, but that's also because it's a stadium. Yeah. And it's like 110 degrees that day. <laughs> yeah. It's like the hottest day uh, in years. Yeah. And they were here that day. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people that knew that we had this hot stretch coming up, including myself, I ended up not going because of the heat. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be fucking miserable. So I'm not even going to do it. So a lot of people are like me. The price went way down the day of. Yeah. And then, as a matter of fact, all you had to do was get online. And there's people trying to get rid of their tickets. And that's one of the things that drives the price down. Yeah. When you have the secondary market of people, like, dying to get rid of their tickets. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit. The original tickets aren't selling at all because people are buying premium tickets Mm. a third of the price because nobody wants to go out there. Okay. Well, I was wondering if, if they would be able to take the price down. Because in so many cases... There are consumer rights that if you buy something for a certain price and then this price goes down within a certain number of days, you get the cheaper price. No, because I know this happened to some people. And uh, they were right next to each other. And uh, it was uh, Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. $300 tickets were sold that night for $20. Okay. Because okay, people, so yeah, I guess people are accustomed to that. You, people are you get talking the same to each on, other, like hotel rooms and airline because, yeah, seats. Because yeah, people are like, "Yeah, we spent three hundred dollars." Yeah. And they said, okay. uh, "Well, we don't want to tell you what we spent." They're like, "No, we want to know." Twenty dollars. So maybe that's how they got the idea for the flex pricing is they were already doing it to lower the seats, and they thought, yeah. "Why can't we do this the other end to raise the raise the price when demand gets high?" It's like we should have booked in I'm a bigger sure place. That's where the idea came from. So yeah, it's like look, uh, yeah. And they looked at it and said, "Look at all the money we're not getting." Yes, <laughs> and I'm sure it has a lot to do with the secondary market. If the yeah. secondary market is stone solid, mm-hmm. uh, uh-uh, you're not going to get in here unless you pay three times the amount. Then you can damn well bet if there's any tickets left that those things are going to be going for like four or five times the price, if not more. 
that I was I was put in mind of a, a scene in Casino where uh, a gambler came in, won a shitload of money, and then was leaving. Meanwhile, while you guys were doing something productive, these two were just yammering on and on. But then his plane broke down, so he had to come back. So he's trying to bet conservatively, whereas usually he'd bet 30 grand mm-hmm. on a spin of the wheel. He started betting like a grand. And instead of thinking, you know, when he lost, he'd think, oh, well, I didn't lose much. No, what he thought was when he won, there was all that extra money he didn't win by gambling his (laughs) usual amount. So he started betting the usual amount again and lost all the money he'd won, plus a million more. more. (laughs) Well, that's what gamblers think. (laughs) Well, we're uh, back to preseason. Um, let's see, next Thursday, I believe, is like Green Bay in Kansas City. Yeah, Green Bay's the final yeah. preseason game. Yeah, now that we have three of them. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I'm all for more regular season NFL games because yeah. it is such a much better sport and so much entertaining that mm-hmm. I want as much as I can get. So um, Thank God we're not in the era where they had five Five preseason games. Oh, that was God. like the sixties. That must have been hell. Yeah, they called them ex- <coughs> excuse me exhibition games back exhibition then. Exhibition games, yep. But they changed it to preseason so they could charge you season ticket yes, prices. Because then it actually has the word season. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is a season. Exhibition implies it's free. The season before the season. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. Anyways, so. but three is definitely better than. I, I grew up five. with four, five, four, if you had the Hall of Fame game. Four was the norm game. for me, yeah, and yeah. you had the Hall of Fame game, which was the kickoff. Yeah. So. Now two teams get that extra preseason game, so it's four for them, but three for everyone else. Yeah. And they changed the cut-down dates, et cetera. But, but yeah, it's exciting to be talking about football again. Oh, it is. It seeing is. them play. and so, uh, so Deshaun Watson got 11 games. I saw that. They bumped it from six to 11. Well, it's better than what I thought, because if you think about all the allegations, mm-hmm. whether there's criminal or not, yeah, that's a hell of a lot of allegations to let someone slide on in today's environment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you have the women out there like, the guy's a pig, no. which yeah. they probably have a pretty good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I would agree with that. I know it. it, it Guy's a predator. Uh, yeah, probably. One or two preseason games where he's played, the crowd starts chanting "fuck Deshaun Watson" mm-hmm. over and over, so they have to cut the audio yeah. for the broadcast because of the crowd, and it's like, oh, we just can't do this. So I think that yeah, the, uh, the, your average fan is letting the NFL know yeah, what La- they want. Latoya La- Lafoya Jackson was saying that she thought there was Michelle Tafoya. Michelle Tafoya, yes. yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry, God. Uh, <laughs> Latoya Jackson. Latoya Jackson, okay. <laughs> Michelle Tafoya thought they were saying, let's go Brandon. Yes. You yeah, did. yes. And, and, uh, <laughs> but now the joke's ruined because I fucked the name up so bad that now that's the only thing that rings is, is it Mark fucked that name up? <laughs> so, yes. We meant, we meant to do that. We practiced yeah. this whole bit just like that. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, let's see he also got a five million dollar fine yes which is good and, uh, i mean actually that's one of the stiffest fines i've heard oh, of. yeah and the I nfl mean, has to kick in the mill and yeah is it the browns that have to kick in the mill or the texans 
one of the two teams has to kick in, I, I so actually, it's a seven million it, total. I think it's the Browns because the Texans did not play him. Yeah, the whole time he was under allegations. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was part of the deal. When Cleveland signed him, they're like, you know, we'll take the hit. We want him to play. Yeah. So the NFL says, okay, you're taking the penalties too, uh, the financial, et cetera. Well, I mean, the thing I want to know is is how effective he's going to be after this. I mean, do you think it got in his psyche any the time he's been off, the things it said about him, you know? Um, I, I mean, imagine all this stuff just found out about you. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be quite embarrassing. Well, he, he tweeted recently about his current uh, masseuse, who is a big, big dude, and uh, <laughs> just actually gives him real real massages, and that's it. And so he was joking with a fan who tweeted about him, and he joked back about, you know, his masseur has been working him over and, you know, leaving him sore. And then the masseur chimed in. And, uh, so it's, you know, it's some it's like the team masseur, you know. Yeah, that's about all he can do now. It's yeah. like, you guys assign me someone. It's going to be here at the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just seemed odd for him to be speaking at all about the whole subject. It just seemed like you know mm, that's a maybe yeah. you should just clam up for a while. You know, I think I see what he's doing though. Ha ha! Yeah, that's me. Ha yeah. ha! Yeah, goofy yeah, me, that's silly me. me, misunderstanding. Yeah. So I want yeah. a little handy. Yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see when he gets back if whoever the Browns have playing is doing it a, a good job. Then why? Sh- well, I think the they got an ass bag like Brian Hoyer or someone like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's face it. Mayfield was so disgusted, he demanded a trade, and they they uh, gave it to him, which yeah. they should have. Because I I thought that Mayfield, to me last year, took a significant step in maturing. He did. Yeah, I, I can see that. Because I agree. he played hurt. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't mm-hmm. bitch. He didn't do anything. In the past, he'd done some questionable shit. Yes. Yeah. But he was progressively getting better. His attitude on field and on the sidelines was noticeably better. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was a, you know, a brat like Jeff George was. Yeah. But you could see in the way he acted like, you know, I want this to work. I'm trying. I'm trying yeah, real he, hard. Yeah, he was really coloring between the lines. Yeah. And I thought that him playing with the injuries, he was really judged unfair last year. Mm. Because he, he, I had a separated shoulder. A couple oh, of times. Wow. And it is such immense pain. I could not imagine playing with that. Uh, it's so bad a pain where you feel like crying and that's not good enough. You know, yeah, it, you, it's like if you went through that a whole lot, you consider eating a bullet, it hurts so damn bad. Yeah, I he, can see that. I the mean, his shoulder was slumped down, it yeah. was fucked. And he needed surgery. And he opted to play. Mm. And I was like, that guy right there. Is doing all of that, trying to win, trying to get in the playoffs, trying yeah. to do this. Yeah. And they repay him by going out and getting another quarterback with a bunch of uh, assault charges. What, what, sexual assault charges. Is yeah. it sexual assault is what he was charged yeah, with? Yeah, it was massages with a demanded happy ending. Yeah, okay, kind of so thing. sexual assault. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would be so offended by that. I'd be like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do all this, and that's. You're dumping this is me what for I get. Hit. Yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, this guy that's like may not even play ever again as far as we know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, well, I, yeah, I think the people inside the uh, um, the NFL family knew, which is why he latched on with Carolina so quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's got to beat somebody else out there for the starting job. I can't remember who else is in Carolina right now. Yeah. Uh, but they were saying it's you know he's not guaranteed to start. It's Baker and somebody else. It's not Cam Newton anymore. No, 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 no. It was some. Um, who the hell was it? Um, blanking. But anyway, someone can tell us. And while you look, while you look it up, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be cool and act like it's Alexa. Yeah. Uh, here, let me get to Google here first. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, ba- Baker. I'm sure the people in the know knew that there's still a lot left uh, that Baker Mayfield Alexa, has to Alexa, who offer. are Panthers quarterbacks? Sam Darnold. That's it, Sam Darnold. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I lost track with a lot of these. You know, Matthew Stafford, Sam Darnold, Casey Wentz. They've hopped uh, around uh, so much. Carson no Wentz, clue. you know where he's at? I just looked it Carson, up earlier. Did I say Casey Wentz? Carson uh, Wentz. Oh, did you say Casey? Yeah, there's a Casey somebody. But anyway, it's, it's that group of quarterbacks okay. that they kind of all look similar, okay. Okay. and I well, can't tell what team um, they are on or used to be on. Or where I just looked this up earlier. Wentz went somewhere. He's no longer with Indianapolis because they got Matt Ryan. Yeah, and what? Where did Wentz go off to? And Nick Foles is in Washington now. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can't keep track. It's let me look here. Okay. Carson Wentz. Of course, this is a lot better than... Uh, According to Wikipedia, Carson James Wentz is an American football quarterback for the Washington Commanders of the National Football League. So he's with he's with Washington He's with the Commanders, well. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was it. And that's how it came up. I was watching the game earlier. Yeah, yeah we were watching the Chiefs-Commanders yeah. game, which yeah. was uh, the first preseason game at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, the, the, the team colors were so similar. It was... It was Unfortunate. They should have had the commanders wear like gold pants or something. I agree. To make it, you know, different. I agree. Because it it was, yeah, it was just just too similar. Um, I uh, I watched the game, of course, and of course the full the first string um, starting offense and defense for that matter. Uh, for that matter, it looked perfect. It yeah, looked great. I mean, really I know it was good. against the Commanders, but that is a professional team out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I love the mm-hmm. way Mahomes spread the ball out. Yeah, he tried. He tried to stretch the field out a little bit more. I mean, he 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 throws. You know, him and Kelsey have that mind thing going. Yeah, Kelsey yeah. up the middle. He usually gets twenty yards. You know, something like that. Kelsey looked fantastic, like always. Yeah. Um, uh, who was that guy, Watson? Uh-huh. Yeah, looked phenomenal. Yeah, and they were saying with one of those passes that he missed that uh, he should have gone and gone ahead and gone upfield instead mm-hmm. of breaking the route off. And they're saying that's something that'll come with time. But yeah, that Mahomes was a, expected him to do something, uh, make an adjustment. That that, he didn't that's make. that's they work with each other long enough. They yeah. got they'll have that mind thing. The one that I thought looked showed flashes but could not quite get it together was Sky Moore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sky Moore looks like he has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. But I think he may be someone that's not going to start, even though he was on the starting lineup. 
Uh-huh. I think he's going to be someone that's going to progress maybe mid-season and work mm-hmm. his way in there. Yeah. Uh, Hardman we'll is still injured. Then. I don't know about Hardman's injury. Mm. Did you hear how bad he's injured? No, I haven't heard okay. at all about Nicole. Well, I think Nicole could take a long step forward this year. Yeah. Because he's going to handle a lot of duties that Hill handled. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of potential, mm. but I think he doesn't have the mind thing, the mindset of someone, um, of a, he went to the Pro Bowl last year, yeah. so he's really good. Um, but Tyreek had that physical aspect that he was, he was in like the top one half of 1% as far as physical ability. He was, the guy was... Mm. Mind-boggling uh, mm-hmm. on the you know the training he did, the strength, the balance, and not everybody is like Jerry Rice for the 49ers yeah. was like that. He was always in so much better shape than anyone else around him. That I think Tyreek Hill yeah. was kind of that uh, for the modern era where everybody's in so much better shape than they used to be. Well, Jerry and, Rice, admittedly, he knew he wasn't the best athlete on the field or even close. He was but always the best prepared. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. Discipline. Was, yeah, and Tyreek Hill, he had the physical training regimen mm-hmm. and the discipline to do that. He's not got so much discipline with his mouth lately, but <laughs> the kind of crap he's talking about the Chiefs. But uh, well, you know I, I think McCole can, he can, you know, he's taller. He's he's fast like Tyreek, but he's taller uh-huh. But I don't know that he's got the crazy physicality to do some of the things that Cheetah did. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah. But okay, Tyreek Hill, he stepped on his dick. Come on, let's let's admit it. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. had this pride thing going where he thought he needed to be the highest paid receiver. And he would not wane off of that. He was like, No, 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 I want guaranteed money and I want a million more. Otherwise, I want to trade. He thought the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to go. Oh shit, we can't have this. Chiefs are like, okay, go yep. ahead, agent, go yep. seek a trade. So then, at that point, you can't go back and go. All of a sudden, you know, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, the Chiefs are like, oh, okay, we'll work out something with the Dolphins. Thanks. Well, he did try or to walk like, it back yeah. a little bit because he said, um, "Well, I don't have to be the highest paid, but I'd like to be in the top five. He was so already he, in the top five. He came He came back from saying, you know, I want you to pay me, make me the highest. And then he came off of that saying, okay, top five. And then the Chiefs are like, uh-uh. No, we're going to trade you, know, you. He's fast, sure. But he's short. Running he's, back body. Yeah. He was he was drafted as a running back and kick returner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... He's much closer to the end of his career than the beginning. And let's face it, they were finding ways to shut him down last year. Yeah, yeah. The NFL figured out how to defense The only Tyree plays Hill that really worked were the trick plays. Yeah. The ones where he had to run around and wear the guy out. Or you could, like, overload another part of the field with yeah. more receivers and try to get him Without Travis but... Kelsey taking the other side, Yeah. I don't know how effective he's going to be. Tua... Is not that good of a passer. Mm-mm. He has never shown the ability to. According so. to Tyreek, he's the most accurate in the world and more accurate than Mahomes and the best in the NFL. Yeah, but then right and, after he said that, ah. 
he talked about how he liked the catches right in the breadbasket. Well, how does Mahomes do that, not being accurate? Uh-huh. No, he, Mahomes had to be very accurate because you're talking about a guy that's five fucking six up against a guy that's six two. Yeah. So Mahomes had to get that ball over the six two guy and into the fucking five <laughs> uh, five six guy. Yes. That's he virtually impossible. Yeah. So the thing is, is this right here? I think that this this year you're gonna see where wrong path, right path. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think that less is going to be more. Yeah. For Kansas City. Yeah. And it's it's the not the kind of gadget thing. plays they had to do last year to get by. Yeah, you're not going to win five out of six games like that. Uh uh-uh. uh It's impossible. That Bills game, you play that five times, we're going to lose that four times. Yeah. Okay. The wing and a prayer is not sustainable in the NFL. No. And I think that the Chiefs even have this in the back of their mind from the beginning that if we have enough of a if we have enough of a uh, play for Tyreek. We're going for it. Mm-hmm. Because I think they already had in the back of their mind, this guy's best year is behind him. Yeah. He has somewhat of an attitude problem. He's, uh, um, you know, it's like if we can get this many draft picks, see ya. Yeah, they kind of figured he had one foot out the door. Yes. And they weren't all that broken up about it. And also, it. <laughs> you got to care about winning. Yeah. Tom Brady would have got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Tom mm-hmm. Brady would have been like, no, I don't want that guy on my team. Why? Because Tom Brady only wants people that care about winning. <clears throat> yeah, that's a that is a whole other mindset. They're they're players that say, you know, let's win, win and win and win. And then other yeah. players is like, we're making a bunch of money. Let's have fun and enjoy this career because we'll probably be out next year. Yeah, and... yeah. Mahomes has already said that, like you know, he's got enough money. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing to win. That's all he wants to do is win championships. Yeah. It, it, which I find so refreshing. Yeah. Because the deal is, is what we have is a younger, more talented, and I'm saying this because it's true. I'm not saying a better quarterback because the best ever is Tom Brady mm-hmm. by a preponderance of evidence at this point. <laughs> but a more talented Tom Brady with the same mindset. Yeah. I love that. With a guy like Andy Reid right behind him. Yeah. Now and this a guy puts, like Travis Kelsey, his Gronk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, the tight end is such an essential part of the current NFL offense. Yeah, isn't it funny how they didn't used to be? They more of a distractionary type uh-huh. of blocking. Yeah, it was It was like, oh, a pass caught by the tight end? You maybe see one of those a game, maybe two. Yeah, it, yeah, it would happen here and there. Uh-huh. And now it's kind of like... A, the Travis Kelsey show. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's really funny. Well, well, actually, his predecessor in Kansas City really kind of stopped a lot. Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. He, Tony G. He was a, yeah, I mean, he came out a catcher, but then when he learned to block, mm. all of a sudden it was like, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. Because he would do these blocking schemes. He was doing selfless stuff, which Kelsey does now. Yeah. Which a winner, a perennial winner, does. It's only sad that um, that um, Gonzalez never got a ring. Yeah, that is a shame. But did you see his hot ass? All that entertaining as no. the as the commentary guy. You know, he's smart. Mm-hmm. Both he of them look really good. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I really would like them to see, Col- like to see them keep Michelle. Kozlowski's 
Karloftis. Yeah. Karloftis. Yeah. Fifty six. Yes, that guy looked like a beast. Yeah. He has that turnaround like Neil Smith. Mm-hmm. Neil Smith had that move to where he'd be facing the opposite way and whip around and get him. Yep. He did the same thing. I was just like, shit. He was like, he got turned around mm-hmm. by the offensive lineman. He whipped around the opposite way and grabbed the guy in one move, like oh. Neil Smith used to do. Wow. And I was like, fuck. I'm like, that right there. Yeah, that's That is what we've been dimension. missing. Uh-huh. Now, and it's Noah, now all of a sudden they're talking about Chris Jones being a beast. Fuck yeah, he is. He's got competition. <laughs> yeah, and he's got somebody soaking up, you know, a, a, yeah. some more attention from the well, O-line. And, yeah, and, and honestly, <laughs> really, okay, that that's another part of yeah. it, too. I mean, Neil Smith and Derek Thomas. When Neil yeah. Smith left, Derek Thomas was still good, but not nearly as good as he was. Isn't that funny yeah. how they work so things work so well in pairs? A pair of receivers, mm-hmm. uh, a pair of, of pass rushers, well, a pair of corners. you have two sides of the field, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like this. I mean, I don't care how good the offensive line is, but you have Neil Smith and Derek Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. One of those guys are going to get through. They're yeah. too good. Yeah. I mean, you know. At the very least, things are going to happen twice as fast as you want them to happen because they're well, coming. Well, and they're two <laughs> different styles, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Thomas was a piercing driving guy where um, Neil Smith was kind of almost like a ballerina dancer. Yeah, he'd whip stuff. around and curl. and Yeah. And, 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 uh, Neil, so uh, you pick Thomas your poison. So flexible. You'd see it's him like just you go like, to charge him. yeah you you go to the edge and try to block to a kneel and then thomas would be right in the middle and i mean mm-hmm. he was like a pit viper i yeah. mean he would coil up and strike and i mean john elway is on his ass <laughs> yeah. just like that or david craig or david craig was the one that was always on his ass <laughs> yes he sacked him what eight times seven. or seven times seven times, seven times. <laughs> if he'd gotten him that eighth time the chiefs would have won that as game. a matter of fact they hired david craig uh-huh <laughs> david craig was probably like I'm going to the Chiefs. And this guy can't fucking knock me on my ass anymore. Yeah, when he was a Chief, he was like, "Thank God." He was like, "Thank God, this guy's over here." <laughs> he said during that game, it was like the fifth or sixth sack. He was on his ass, and he, he was like, "Derek, is that you again?" And Derek's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Shit." <laughs> so, you know, they talked to each other. They just, oh, yeah, there was no hard Derek feelings. Derek Thomas was a shit talker. He used to do that Delway all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He did. He, and Derek Thomas is like whispering always here, morning lover, and all different kinds of shit. And you know, if, if you laughed and joined in, no, they Derek always did. Thomas would was cool with it, you know. And no, it wasn't they always mean. did. It was he wasn't trying to be a, an asshole. It's like it was like cat and mouse. They talked yeah. about it before. You know, John always like yeah, oh yeah. He said, man, Derek <laughs> used to rib the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I mean. The whole thing is, is I mean, actually, Elway did win. I mean, you know. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And and I still remember what was the greatest Chiefs game ever, regular season game, until, well, actually, this wasn't reg, regular season. This was a playoff game. Yeah. But the Montana-Elway game on Monday Night Football, mm. that thing, which Montana ended up winning with like 40 seconds yeah, left. But it's just something. a matter of fact that they ran out of time. Otherwise, Elway would have done the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, There but, are a number of games like that where it's just like if the clock hadn't run out, yeah. this would be, still be going back and forth. Nobody was ever going to just take out a big lead. Yeah. Oh, so Those games are fun. <laughs> Until that Bills game last year, yeah, that was the greatest Chiefs game ever. That yeah. thing, 
That thing right there is still, I still watch that and cannot believe that that ever happened. Yeah, I saw it on a replay not so long back. and, and I did too. It was on oh. the NFL Network. And I was just like, at that point, I was done. I was like, okay, we're not going to do it this year. I was yeah. already making plans. I'm like, all right, you know, well, I hope Buffalo goes the rest of the way. I like Josh Allen. I like, yeah. the, I like McDermott. He's a nice, he seems like a nice guy. You know, they never really got a championship before, so I saw it in their corner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hope they go all the way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyreek pulls that one out of his ass, yeah. which I got to give Tyreek all the credit in the world for. Him. Yeah. Um, he pulled that one out of his ass, and then Kelsey, mm -hmm. the Kelsey where he would not stop. He just kept going and going and going. Yeah. And about that time, it was like, no. <laughs> not only are they going to tie this, but they're going to win this fucking thing. Yeah. Because when they flashed to Buffalo's sideline, you saw it on their face. Yeah. Especially Josh Allen. They couldn't believe it. it was yeah, like, he's like, not again. Yeah. This guy is going to fucking win again. Yeah. And I remember feeling that way about the Broncos doing it to the yes. Chiefs. Yes. Over and That's over where and that over. look came from was yeah. us against the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Or the Browns against the Broncos. Oh, my God. Denver crushed them a couple of years. Yes, and here's another thing, too, is Marty Schottenheimer would have finally went to the Super Bowl. This is what cursed him from the start. Ernest Miner. Yeah. Ernest Miner on the one-yard line. Uh -huh. All he had to do was hold on to that ball and run the timeout. Uh -huh. But, no, he's going to go try to get a couple of yards. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> All of a sudden, I heard, so painful. I heard balls out. <laughs> Balls out. Balls out. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Can't be. And then you see all the Denver guys dancing around. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, two of the times the Chiefs... Yeah, Sam, Sam agrees. Yeah. So, that's Sam's skin right there. Yeah, Sammy, he's a good boy. He's, just, he's such a vicious pit bull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a doll. He's a good boy. He is. He's a hey, sweetheart. Sam, Sam. Sam, Sam. Well, Sam knows the only reason I come over here is for him. He ain't worried yes, about it. Yes, he comes over. To, everyone who comes over is here to visit Sam. He he loves having company drop yep. by. Yeah, he knows it, though. He doesn't have to brag about it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's like humans. Whatever. I'm over him. So, um the hell was I saying? I was, so we were talking about uh, the thing that cursed Marty Schottenheimer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, one of the the Chiefs had two teams there in the 90s that should have went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first one I have to blame on Carl Peterson, and that was the Len Elliott debacle. Yes. So Carl Peterson... Which and, is still uh, a dirty word around here, by the way. Len Elliott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, Nick Lowry was kind of a scumbag. He was. He, he was kind of a leechy, kind of a fucking slithering... I, I, I mean, there's all these multiple stories about him slithering around people's girlfriends and stuff yeah. and just kind Answering of... Answering the a, door naked. Yeah, being kind of being a perv and all yeah. this stuff. Well, Carl Peterson didn't like him. Besides that, before Carl Peterson got here, what, he had a meeting to fire the coach at his house. Was it Frank Gans that he had fired? I was trying to... Right, you were talking about right before Marty? Yeah. I think it was Frank. Frank Gans. Yeah. He had a meeting at his house to get to garner all this, you know, uh, steam to get rid of the coach, which is really dirty. 
Yeah. So that was part of it. You know, Carl Peterson comes to town and it's kind of like, mm, that guy's a worm. Had the guy fired, you know, kind of, you know, and then all the stuff answering, you know, answering the door naked, being a perv, yeah. uh, um, um, allegedly. Yes. So. But yeah, um, I've heard stories about that meeting was supposed, they compared it to, you know, team mutiny where the team all got together and said, you know, we got to get this coach fired. Yeah. And they and, even, they even went to the playoffs that year. They didn't have a chance in hell, but you know, when that yeah. with Joe Delaney and all that. No, Delaney, no, was, no, Delaney was way before that. No, you're talking about when uh, we we went to the playoffs. That would have been about '86 or '87. Yeah, you know what? You're right. There. We're talking about '90s now. Yeah. I'm getting mixed up. You're right. So um, it was the special teams coach, wasn't it, that got us into the playoffs? Yeah. Um, oh well, Cunningham. Cunningham. What? Gunther. Gunther no, Cunningham. No, Gunther Cunningham was with Schottenheimer. Yeah. Uh, well, anyhow, I'm getting these timelines mixed yeah. up, but well, you're, you're right. Coaches have come and gone so much, but yeah. yeah, there was the the big meeting at the house, and then, but yeah, I can see Carl Peterson saying, you know, okay, you know, this he guy was spending is, a lot of money on him too. Yeah, if this guy is gonna have this kind of mutinous meeting, he'll do it again if things don't go his way. So we got to get this troublemaker yeah, so out of here. He's kind of protecting himself, Schottenheimer, yeah. everybody, and also. He knew that the guy was kind of a slime ball. He was widely known around Kansas City that he was kind of greasy and kind of pervish. Yeah. You know, he would like routinely hit on people's girlfriends at bars and stuff and and just like like just really kind of a lowbrow kind of character. Yeah. And I mean, this is from everybody allegedly very much so, into the yeah. swinger lifestyle. Yes. And he Excuse was me. like fairly open about it. So I think Carl Peterson was kind of a no-nonsense type of guy, so he got rid of him, even though he was one of the best kickers at the time ever. Yeah. Um, not so much now, but at the time he was one of the best kickers ever. Yeah. So um, uh, he got rid of him. But the problem is when you get rid of someone that good, you got to find someone at least decent to replace him. Yeah. So um, he got rid of him and he brought Len Elliott in. Mm. And Len Elliott previously had been let go by uh, Jimmy Johnson in Dallas. He pissed Jimmy Johnson off so bad, missing like little chip shots like he did here yeah. uh, in the championship game. Um, uh-huh. Or it wasn't even the championship game, was it? It was the divisional game. Yeah. The, the Colts those, beat us with... One of those uh, years, it was like the first first game we played. It was a divisional game, yeah. Um, against the Colts. And they didn't punt all game because they couldn't stop them. And it was Jim Harbaugh was the uh, quarterback. I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the Colts weren't a very good team. Jim Harbaugh was a decent quarterback, but mm-hmm. not nearly the best. And uh, Lynn Elliott missed, I don't know how many. Two or three. Or Yeah, or maybe even a couple more. We would have ended up winning the game mm-hmm. if he would have even made one of them. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow... Um, that was Carl Peterson right there. Yeah. But I also understand the reasons he got rid of him, but I also understand if you're going to get rid of the guy, you got to find someone good or decent or... Good the, enough. Good enough yeah. to replace him, and he didn't. You don't, you don't necessarily want your kicker to have to win the game for you, yeah. but you certainly don't want him to lose games for you. Yeah. I mean, a kicker that loses a game Especially for you... Especially in the divisional round. Just doesn't have a place in the league. I mean, no. that's tough. 
And well, Jimmy Johnson took the guy's stuff and threw it out in the middle of the locker room. Yeah. He took his locker and unloaded in the middle of the locker room as a message of get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you're not a cowboy anymore. Yeah. So yeah. and Jimmy Johnson had three rings. He probably could have had more. But I think him and uh Jerry Jones got into a little bit of a head buddy match. They I think they were just Barry kind of Switzer, with each other. <laughs> and Barry Switzer rode that one last year out and yeah. got another Super Bowl ring, yeah. even though he really had nothing to do with it because Switzer was a stupid ass from Oklahoma. That's like George Seifert got that Super Bowl ring using because uh, Bill, Wall, Bill Walsh Walsh's stepped team. down. Yeah, yeah, and he barely got that. But the reason he got that is because fucking Steve Young was on fire. Oh gosh. That guy was a joy Steve to watch Young play. even caught his own pass in the fucking Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and scored a touchdown. <laughs> fucking hit it off the helmet, went right to him, and he ran it in. <laughs> Gosh, I was starting to say, I need some of that magic underwear. Really? Fuck. So, so what was the other time that uh, doomed Cart Marty? Okay, this was Marty's fault. And this was... Um, Elvis Gerback, who was widely known around Kansas City as Elvis Girl Scout. I, I knew it was going to be Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Good old Elvis yeah. Gerback, Girl another, Scout. Another 49ers cast off. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Because we had Bono, we had Montana, Bono, and then Gerback. And, and then, by this time, everybody was sick of it. Montana could have got it done if he didn't get crushed up in Buffalo in the championship game. Yeah. He was, gonna, he was coming back, he was going to win that game, but... Fucking uh, Thomas and who else? Just fucking, they crushed him. Was it Smith, Bruce Smith? Uh, Might have been, yeah. He was playing at the time. Yeah, they both ran into him at the same time. Fucking dismantled his ribs and he retired the following year. So They didn't have that ridiculous hard, concrete hard stadium turf there in Buffalo. He wouldn't have gotten a concussion. No. Yeah, it was a concussion that really did him in. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, he got up not knowing what state he was in. Yeah. So then Dave Craig came in and promptly pissed the game away. Yeah. So, but um, anyhow, so game was going, um, the whole season was going great. Elvis Girl Scout was out, uh, collarbone, mm-hmm. broken collarbone. So at the very end of the playoffs, it's the championship games, Gerback was scheduled to come back. Yeah. Rich Gannon is the guy that took us all the way there. He was doing great. He was hot arm. The team was behind him firmly, firmly. Yeah. Everybody was love, love Gannon and wanted him to be there. Yeah. So what does Marty do? He takes him out because he says, you don't lose your job to injury. Doesn't fucking matter at that point. I know. Because there wouldn't have been another coach around that won a Super Bowl. Could you see Andy Reid doing that? Mm. Could you see Bill Belichick doing that? Could you see Bill Parcells doing that? No. They've been like, no, that guy wasn't there. This guy was here. He's staying. And it's not be- it, and at that point it wasn't be losing your job to injury. It's losing your job because Gannon was playing so much better than Gerbach was before he got injured. Yes. So the only way you say, you know, oh, well, you're losing your job due to injury is if the person who replaced you is doing only as good as you or worse, but they leave him in there anyway. Then that's losing your job to injury. Yes. So that's ridiculous to use that excuse. No, Marty the, was totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rich well, Gannon outplayed Elvis. 
Yeah. And, and the whole team knew it. And Marty still, yeah. You see, Marty started losing his edge. Like I said, I could see it because I was a big fan of Schottenheimer. Mm-hmm. And I still am because I think he did a really good job. He just made some critical errors that caught up with him. And then supposedly the whole debacle of him knocking up the fucking uh, the running back. Greg I, I, Hill's yeah. girlfriend. I mean, that came from enough sources. There was something yeah, something to that. Yeah. I mean, allegedly he knocked up the running back Greg Hill's girlfriend and then he had to run out of town. And, you know, he resigned and got out. Yeah. But uh, um, there was also a story I heard uh, on, uh, it was on 810, and it was a former Chiefs player talking about it, how it was a, it was a playoff game where they'd prepared all week, and then oh, yeah. the final final meeting beforehand. This was Keatsman, wasn't it? Keatsman yeah. had this guy on. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He said Schottenheimer panicked and totally changed the game plan away from everything they did well into all deception and trickery and and the whole team was like okay not only is that the last minute but this isn't going to work anyway mm-hmm. even if we'd had all week to repair prepare this isn't going to work but schottenheimer was just in a panic and insisted and totally blew the game and the team just hated him for it Mm-hmm. Just it's like our coach failed us completely on that. Yeah, and then the following year he completely lost the team anyhow. Yeah, and it was done with. So, um, and it, you know he died from Alzheimer's, and it kind of makes you wonder if he didn't have some of that going on earlier. Yeah, because it creeps in way way earlier than people realize. Yeah. So, so it, it's it'd be impossible to say, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he made some really questionable choices there. Mm-hmm. And he was, no one could talk him out of it. He was just dead set. And that doesn't sound like a reasonable person making a rational choice. That sounds like somebody who's Especially locked in. One of the most successful coaches, regular season coaches ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that just doesn't make sense. The guy was so consistent mm-hmm. that he is still. Up there in the top winning percentages of all coaches. And he was always um, widely held as being a very good uh, coach with his players. You know, the relationship he, was a he players had with coach. his players. Yeah. Yeah. There was he, all that five sideline footage of him uh, constantly coaching Derek Thomas. Yeah. And, you know, saying, you know, okay, let that play go, you know, and then we focus on this. Well, I and, used to love watching him do that. Yeah. Because that guy, he could have wrote some best-selling self-help books yeah Uh, he used to have a way that commanded attention because he would just come out there and he would go focus finish Mm -hmm. and you could see the whole team like that's it yeah he could distill down to very few words and get the point across what everyone was trying to grasp and they're like yeah okay Mm-hmm. All right, now we're all working together. Yeah, he was a player's he, coach, and people yeah. loved him and admired him. Yeah, without always, a doubt. I always wished success for him. I always did too. Uh, let's see, he went to the Washington after the, he left. The you Chiefs. know that he he credited the Washington team as his best coaching ever, because he said he took a team with no talent mm-hmm. and made them win. Wow. Yeah, he said that that was his best coaching ever was, and I got to thinking about it. He was right. Yeah, because he, he had, had nobody. 
lots of talent here. So, you know, it was easy to coach the Chiefs team. Just basically don't screw up. But, but yeah, taking a team that really has nothing they do well. He coached them to 9-7. and seven. Yeah. And he was so proud of that. He said that, too. He said, that was my best coaching ever. Mm-hmm. Getting the most out of those players. Yeah. Getting, putting them in the positions to where what they did the best. Uh-huh was the right thing to do and and yeah that's that is good 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 coaching so and then he went 14 and 2 with philip rivers with in san diego that's right I and yes he went to san yes diego. san oh, diego gosh. not la yeah um he went 14 and 2 with philip rivers they just let Bru- uh, drew Brees go to uh to new orleans because mm-hmm. he had a shoulder injury and they had this, uh, because they were in flux before Schottenheimer got there, they had Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was going to be the best quarterback ever and all that stuff, but he ended up being, God, ended up going to prison, actually. Yeah. Yeah, for meth, I think. He's recuperated now and doing fine, but... Um, yeah, Ryan Leaf is, is one of those guys that really turned a train wreck of a life around. Uh, yeah, Larry Johnson as well. If you're, if yeah, you're, Larry Johnson did. Yeah, follow football. You remember he was number twenty-seven for the Chiefs, and his problem was he couldn't go out for a night on the town without hitting a woman, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, but he he and then he was pissed off about it, and he was you know retrench and and deny and and oh. He was just a mess. He was. And, and then he got after Dick Vermeil because Dick Vermeil was making a point. Because when uh, Oh, yeah, take the diapers down, off yeah, and go to work. Yeah, and he started mouthing off. I'm like, no, no, no. What Dick Vermeil was saying is it's time for him to get his knocks, man. He's going to learn lessons on the battlefield mm-hmm. is all he was saying. But Dick Vermeil ended up apologizing. I'm like, man, no. He should have told Larry Johnson, you fucking eat it. Yeah. You go out there and prove me fucking wrong, and uh-huh. then you can say whatever. But until then, shut up. Yeah. So, uh, anyhow, um, so they were in a state of flux, San Diego was, okay? Because Ryan Leaf was a big fucking blow, and, you know, and then uh, they had Drew Brees behind him, and he's like, I don't know, maybe a third-round pick or something? Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> he, They thought he could be something, but they wasn't sure. So he comes out doing really good, but in the interim time, they... They uh, drafted uh, Ryan uh, um, Philip Rivers like number one or two or something like that. Yeah. They didn't know Drew Brees was going to do so well. Yeah. So uh, Philip Rivers had to sit behind Drew Brees for a year or two, and uh, and then Drew Brees hurt his shoulder. So Schottenheimer then decided to keep Philip Rivers and trade yeah. Brees because his shoulder. They weren't sure if his shoulder was going to be good. Yeah, so I remember they, not agreeing with that decision. I remember at the time. doing that too. I'm yeah. like, no, you keep Drew Brees, a guy's shown he can do it. Yeah. So they take him, they send him to New Orleans. He promptly wins the Super Bowl with Sean Payton and everybody. Mm-hmm. So Schottenheimer, in the meantime, he went 14 and 2 with Phillip Rivers, and he mm-hmm. was the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So they get there and they lose in the championship game to. Was it New England? Or was it Pittsburgh? Could have been Pittsburgh. No, not Pittsburgh. Hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. Let's go to... Uh, um, okay, I'm going to call her Siri this time. Instead of Google. What year uh, did Marty Schottenheimer go 14-2 and in the playoffs? 
According to Wikipedia, in 2006, Schottenheimer led the Chargers to a franchise-best 14-2 record, also his best regular season record and the league's best record that year. And then it goes on to say the regular season dominance aided by the MVP of the running back LaDainia and Tomlinson secured top seeding for San Diego in the postseason. So, in 2006, who did the San Diego Chargers lose to in the playoffs? The New England Patriots. It was yeah. them. Wikipedia, the, the team would experience a brutal home field playoff loss for the second time in the past three seasons, losing in the final minutes, this time to the New England Patriots 24-21. to So, yeah, a last-minute loss at home. Yes. And so... Demoralizing. Spanos, the owner, I mm-hmm. forgot his first name. Alex. Like Alex Spanos, okay. Yeah. Was very pissed off because... They said that that game should have been won, mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted him to make coaching changes. So Schottenheimer said, I'm going to hire my brother, Kurt, to oh, do yeah. defense. Kurt Schottenheimer. Yeah, and Spanos went home that night, and he said, fuck that guy. And he <laughs> fired him. But the problem is, is this right here. It's just like if you're going to fire fucking uh, um, uh, the kicker, Nick Lowry, you got to have someone good to replace him. Yeah. Well, he went out and got fucking Norvell Turner. Oh, Norv yeah. Turner took a shit on the field. That's right, Norv Turner. Oh, Norv guy Turner. Was, he was just what an so, ass bag. Uh, he was he was just like an old withered banana. Yeah, you know he that was just guy couldn't win his way out of a paper bag. Bland and lifeless, and and it was like, how did this guy ever a blob get of shit. the job? He's just nobody. I thought he had pictures on somebody. I swear. I guess. And everybody kept hiring him, thinking this guy was going to make him win. Yeah. Yeah. I never I never understood what it was that made him get anyone's attention in the first place yeah so whatever it was he rode that pony for a long long time and made a lot of money off of it he he should be thanking god every night that he uh hey he stayed in the league as long as he did oh i there know was nothing he was an what empty was his last debacle where he lost his way out of chicago was he in hmm. chicago i think Norv turner went to chicago okay this time who's she gonna be alexa um Maria. Maria? Okay. Maria. What was Norvell Turner's last coaching job? Oh, she's not going to answer me this time. <laughs> Bitch. Oh, she didn't like me calling her uh, Maria. Oh. Hmm. Browns. I don't remember him being with the Browns. Oh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, and, and, and fuck that, I don't know what this... <clears throat> what was Norv Turner's last head coaching job? Carolina Panthers as offensive coordinator. Head coaching. Ask that was, yeah, that was the question I was... We'll go to Wikipedia. What was Norv Turner's last head coaching job in the NFL? According to Carolina Panthers, Turner has been an offensive coordinator for 11 NFL seasons and a head coach for 15. All told, he coached in the NFL for 32 consecutive seasons before resigning as Vikings offensive coordinator midway through the 2016. Okay, we don't fucking know and we don't care at this point. All right, I figured it out. Okay. Okay, he started out as a uh, an offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Yes, that's how he got his yes. notoriety. 
when anyone, a fucking dish rag could have done as well as him. And then he, he coached the Washington, at the time they were known as the Redskins, but now they're the Commanders. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we got to blank out Redskins, oh, so yeah. you're not going to hear this. Okay. You're going to just hear... In... The Washington blank skins. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he went. He he coached the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, that's right. Not Los Angeles, not Las Vegas. The, the it was Oakland, Oakland Raiders, and he got yeah. bombed out of there too. Yes, two I remember years. Al Davis loved him. Yeah. And then uh, and then San Diego. So yeah, that was a little odd for him to go between division rivals from Oakland to San Diego. So did Schottenheimer. Yeah. Schottenheimer yeah. was weird too because he went from uh, Kansas City, then he went to. Uh, um, the uh oh the blank skins yeah and then he went to uh um the chargers wow yeah, yeah uh, norvell turner kind of had some of the same path there yeah only schottenheimer had a lot more success he did norvell just uh rode the as i say rode the pony until he couldn't make any more money yeah and uh then as your your phone kept insisting on telling us he finished out his some capacity with the he paid Park them. Panthers. He yeah. paid them. <laughs> He's yeah. like, look, here's some money. Here's the way you're going to spend this thing. You know? <laughs> if I give you five hundred dollars, can I have a parking spot and I can walk into your building every day wearing your clothes? And then <laughs> the first thing at Wikipedia was this right here. It's like, well, I don't know. I think there's more money there. Who are you talking to? Norv Turner, take it. <laughs> Take the five hundred. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh, there were a number of coaches. They just came out of nowhere and then went nowhere. Oh, there was shit. there was one guy in Philadelphia, Rich Kotite. Oh yeah. <laughs> he like couldn't handle a press conference. Um. Then he start throwing shit. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Excuse me. And there were several. Or how about a? What was the guy? Um, oh, he actually coached for the Chiefs. Um. Um. Shit. Uh, former Cardinals. Former Bears. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um. That um, had the big flip out. They are in... who we thought they were. We let yes. them off the hook. Yes. God, I can think. Yeah, of, yeah, I yeah. can picture them and I can hear them. I don't want to look it up on Wikipedia again. <laughs> it's a crutch. Romeo Cornell. Was it Romeo? I think so. Or was it Denny I keep, Green? I think it was Dennis Green. It was yeah, Dennis Green. I was thinking of Denny something. So Dennis Green, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Romeo Cornell did did coach for the Chiefs. Yeah, hang but, on. But uh, yeah, Denny Green. <laughs> that guy was... Denny Green, He yeah. got so pissed off in news conferences. Denny Green's <laughs> news conferences. <laughs> And, you know, I didn't blame the guy one bit. No, no. You know, because if I'd been really... there, I would have been yelling at him just like him because they ask stupid questions. No, they ask I the know. same question well, five times. They're asking questions to make him look like a fool uh-huh. is the problem. Yeah. And he knew it. Yeah. And he was just kind of like pretty much being flippant. Yeah. You know, and I'm surprised that more coaches don't do that. Oh, oh really? Yeah, well, of course, you've got the league rules saying you have to cooperate with the media, you have yeah. to be nice, you have to offer information, blah, 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 because they want good press coverage. You know, press. That's another word that needs to go away. There's nothing, there's no printing press but then again, of any consequence anymore. It's all... 
But then again, you media. also have this thing here in Kansas City where Andy Reid pretty much controls it, obviously, with Keatsman. Yeah. I mean, Keatsman can't see the light of day now because <laughs> he mentioned Andy Reid's son that was... Uh, well, he said he didn't mean he didn't mean the one that passed away. Yeah, he was talking about the one that's still alive. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I can, I can believe that. I, you know, and uh, you can't really tell which one, but does that warrant to be out of? I mean, he does a podcast now. He does very well. Yeah. The thing is, is he has enough of a following to where he can do a podcast and make money. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of sponsors because I actually I subscribe to his podcast, yeah. and I like him a lot. I mean, I, I I find him very entertaining, but above all, I mean, you hear his monologues; they're so well written. He could write for somebody if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, but he may, thing, you know, he yeah, may he, do other people's monologues too. He might. Yeah. But the thing is, is this right here? I mean, now, I mean, he anchored the afternoon on WHB, mm-hmm. and like I said, I like. Uh, Seren Petro a lot and they're a good show but they've never gotten that edge back ever since he left yeah and might maybe part of that is they're afraid to or and most no, of it's I think because it's scared to death it. because they'll never get Keith they'll never get Chiefs coverage again yeah that's true yeah I it may not be what they wanted to do but it's what they had to do business wise. Yeah, they may be looking at it as let's be grateful it wasn't worse because he started and let's not that. Make it worse. He started that whole sports outlet with uh, a couple of guys. Uh, Chad Boger was one of them. Yeah, and then the other guy was like uh, Jim. Uh, I'm thinking of his name, but some McDonald or something like that, or. I know you're talking about, but yeah, he was right, the, and they were fifteen ten. Yeah, first, yeah. and then they they jumped. To another, then they um, had to buy WHB because yeah. uh, I I even remember in fifteen ten when they were staying up past, um, uh, you know they're supposed to turn their power down mm-hmm. to where you couldn't hardly hear them um, to let the clear channel wherever it was fifteen ten I think it was out of uh, I think it might have been out of Memphis or something oh wow um, and anyhow the clear channel could come through. Because back in those days, they needed a clear channel to go through for the farmers at night or whatever. Yeah. So, um, um, I remember they were just paying the fine because they were getting the ratings and they didn't want to let 980 win. Yeah. So, they just kept going. They wow, wouldn't shut their power funny. down. I remember Keats would say that. I'm like, <laughs> I love this. This is real fucking rebel radio here. He's like, nah, yeah, we're not turning the power down. We're going, you know, 980 was snitch. You know, Don Fortune's like on that phone. Going, yeah. They're doing it right now. Yep. <laughs> and I like Don Fortune. Yeah. <clears throat> All this is allegedly. I don't know if he called. <laughs> but, uh, they uh, may, I wonder if they were risking losing their license because that's, that's really taking a risk. But if it's just fines for a while, it's like... Yeah, well, we especially can do that since he said on air, it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't an accident. He's like, I'm just going. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter if it's an accident or not, so you might then, as well own it. <laughs> I even remember this, and this is when the internet wasn't so prevalent. This is back in the '90s. Uh-huh. If you want to keep listening to us, we're going to be on uh, this uh, website. Then you'd oh, have yeah. to you'd have uh-huh. to go to that computer uh, to a desktop at the time and listen to it. And I was at home because uh-huh. I worked till three thirty, and I'd be like, "Fuck yeah." I was like, oh, man, this is real rebel shit. Yep. Only five other people have listened to this and me. And if unless you were a gamer, your computer was hooked up to shitty little speakers, if any. No, I was a gamer, so uh, yeah. playing Diablo, so my shit sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, now that more more and more people stream all sorts of music. Well, now home, nowadays it's no big deal. Mobile, it's like yeah, uh, but back then having yeah. good, good decent speakers hooked up was hell. Half, was half of unusual. the radio shows are on Twitch now, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I I mean like uh, like a really good template is uh, Bubba the Love Sponge, who I listen to because it's one of the last real shows left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like so many shows. I mean, Stern sucks. Yeah. My God, he is such a little fucking bitch anymore. It's almost like he's doing it on purpose. Yes, you know? it it's really kind of like he's rubbing way. people's faces in mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, this is the this is the people I used to make fun of, and I'm just going to do it because it, it, he needs to just retire. Yeah. He sucks. So Bubba the Love Sponge is one of the very few left that still has a little bit of. Uh, um, what what would you call it? Outlaw. Yeah. Put an outlaw in him, and they kind of he knows the rules very well. He knows what he can do, what he can't do. He does a lot of internet only shows. Mm-hmm. He has his own internet channel, Bubba One. You know, and he has his own uh, podcast, Bubba Army. Yeah. And the thing is, is this right here? Um, he uh, he's on Twitch. He's got the template for all the radio. He makes a killing on Twitch. And the thing is, is he doesn't have the fan base that he used to. He still has a very good one. Yeah. He still has a very large fan base. But the thing is, is he, uh, the fan base that he has is fanatical. And they send him money all the time. Uh. And I mean, and they, they, uh, and he gets all these bits is what they call them mm-hmm. online. He set the template for all the future radio. It's going to be pay per play. And it's going to be done like Twitch or something. Yeah, and and then the regular FM shows are all just going to be the regular. Uh, they get somebody in there for twenty five thousand a year to say a couple of liners and a couple mm-hmm. of pre recorded fucking bits or something, and then they go on. A good example is like Slacker on One One The Fox. Mm-hmm. That show was slow and boring, but that's what that's the way they want it. They <laughs> yeah. they just like oh, we want to play a lot of music, and every now and then you get in there, and you do a bit that's not that funny. And then maybe have a football player on, you know. Yeah. So it's ironic that the the pay, allegedly the pay for play, <laughs> you know, having people send in bits and and pay to get them on. It's a that's the whole payola scandal back in the fifties where oh they wow, were, but if you do it open and above board, then it's it's not payola. It's your business model. That's that's why it was you know Christopher illegal. In, that is a great point. Uh huh. It is pay per play. Uh huh. Back you know and the but reason because it was you're a big doing deal. it on the internet and you're doing it on video, all of a sudden that changes the whole concept of it. I guess. Yeah. Wow. That, see, that was a problem with it back in the fifties when they were paying the DJs to play certain songs and not play well, others. Well, is mean, they were doing it behind the scenes if it was. If it was part of the business model, it's like, you know, hey, radio station, here's $500, play our record twice a day for the next week. And if that's the way everyone did business, then, you know, it's not illegal. No, that's right. And now well, there are plenty of platforms where that's how you do business. REO Speedwagon was much bigger than Pink Floyd for years because their record company had all the hookers and all the blow. <laughs> and they visited all the stations. They went to KY 102. They went to KC. They went to WLS. They went to, uh, what was the one in New York? The big AM powerhouse. Oh. I can't uh, remember. Oh, well. Anyhow, they went, to, they went to all of these. And, you know, 
they paid them off. Yeah, I, I remember wondering why certain songs got played so often and other songs just didn't. And, and well, we know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And back at the time, it was it was like, oh yeah, Payola's dead. And then you find out, oh no, it was still going on big time. They just didn't yeah, the want you to know about it. people say Payola's dead are the ones who are fucking profiting from yes, it. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's the ones... kind of like the government or, or, or um, how about the UN coming out and saying there is no Illuminati. Yes. <laughs> We're declaring war on people believing in conspiracies. Yeah. Thank you, UN Mind Police. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is too. And yeah, when you and said that, I found, I didn't know they did this. I found that so disturbing. It's such a step on your dick move. Mm-hmm. You know, people well, hate the UN hat. anyway, and now they're coming out saying, "Oh, yeah, you don't get to think this." Anybody, anybody in the whole world. Well, okay, maybe not anybody. There are stupid people out there. (laughs) But any free thinker in the whole world that hears that is the first thing. Bing, 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 bing. Red alarm. Uh Yeah. If if some big government organization or multi-government organization is saying, we're declaring war on you believing in these certain things, then automatically it's like, okay, those things are important then. Yeah. Meanwhile, while you guys were doing something productive, these two were just yammering on and on. Once again, we reached the end of another broadcast. See you later, motherfucker, yeah. See you later, motherfucker, yeah.